0: What's up, y'all? It's Austin Johnson.
1: And I'm Geo Baker.
0: This is Season 2, Episode 1 of the Are You Listening Podcast, brought to you by Beyond the Big Ten. Back for another season of the Are You Listening Podcast, brought to you by Beyond the Big Ten. Gio, what is good?
1: My god, what's up? We back, baby. We back. It's been a little minute. Sheesh. It's been a, it's a while, man. Minute. How
0: have you been since last season, man? There's been a lot of news. It's been a lot of changes in, in both of, both of our lives, man. But what's yep. been good on your side?
1: Man, just like you said, just a lot a lot of a lot of new stuff going on. Obviously, I still got the training. Um, you know, it's been great working with all the kids. It's been steadily growing, which has been really cool for me to see and you know just just knowing that I'm making an impact with them on you know in basketball and life has been dope bro and then um you know night society what we got going on over there has been really cool too I've uh, been partnering with more brands more businesses been having our events and obviously you've been involved in all of our events too with the Scarlet Open and the Night Fest so that's been really cool um and then I just recently started my foundation too so the Geo Baker Go Beyond Foundation which is Got to be an expansion of the training in, in a way, um, you know, to be able to help kids who, you know, normally can't afford, you know, some of the training sessions, be able to go into some of these communities and, um, you know, try to make an impact there too. I think everything has just, just been about making an impact. But I know you got a lot of stuff going on too. So what's been going on, bro?
0: First and foremost, before getting into that, man, love to see it and watch it and uh, the development, man, you're the busiest guy and all of uh, the garden state and, and every single time <laughs> I refresh my feed, I feel like there's a new uh, Geo Baker endeavor. And it tip of the hat to you, man, because, you know, being an entrepreneur is not easy, um, sure. especially in, in, in today's environment, man. Sure. But, um, yeah, just enjoying life, man. I think that we had a nice discussion previously about trying to be more intentional. Um, yeah. With this one life that we have to live, so made some decisions to leave, uh, you know, certain spaces, if you will, from a mm-hmm. professional standpoint, um, and really excited just to stay around the family that is uh, Rutgers basketball and see uh, another exciting year. Got uh, another season underway um, from a, a broadcasting standpoint. Um, got some stuff coming up with the, the the Big Ten Network, which is really exciting and. Just took some time off to travel, man. Been in four different countries over the last saw. year. Had a I chance that, to see yeah, Japan, had a chance to go to Portugal, had a chance to go to the Netherlands, man. So i yeah. um, really blessed to get an alternative perspective, but locked in <clears> for <throat> this season, man, because you know how it goes once college basketball gets here and they got a brand new Rutgers basketball team, man, with a, a bunch of new parts, man. So excited yeah. to dive in and, and see how this team progresses throughout the year.
1: Man, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. They, you know, they have. I think they have a good, a good mix of veteran guys, but then also, you know, you got some transfers, you got the new guys. So it's uh, fresh energy in a way. I I was saying, I forget who I was talking to about this, but like, you know, I felt at times with with our team uh, when I was playing. You know, we we had times where we were just a little too comfortable because we were so used to to being in the Big Ten, we were used to, you know, we, we did make the tournament a couple of times, and, we, you know, we felt like we belonged. Um, when you have these, like, fresh guys coming in, they haven't been there yet, you know, it's a different type of hunger, I think, in, in my opinion. You probably, you know, you you know the same feeling, too, being an athlete yourself. Like, when you're first coming in, it's, it's a different type of hunger than when you've already you've already been there. So I'm excited to see how, that, how that, the season progresses. <laughs>
0: It's crazy that nowadays, again, we keep talking about the new norm and the expectations for the team all in all. But just to rehash about where we were last year and how we got into where we are present day, you got um, no more Paul Mulcahy. Cam Spencer's moved yeah. on. He's, he, Paul Mulcahy's transferred to Washington. Cam Spencer transferred to, to UConn. You got yeah. the graduation of Caleb McConnell, who is doing his thing um, with the Oklahoma City Thunder uh, in that organization uh, as well. Am I missing anybody uh, from, from last year's team?
1: Off the top of my head, I don't think you are. Uh, I mean, obviously you got guys like Jalen Miller, Dean Reber who left as well. And, you know, those, those are, you know, guys who knew the system and, you know, knew knew how Coach Pichel wanted to play and, you know, how how Rutgers basketball um, usually performs. So those are, you know, some other guys as well who, you know, were part of the, the last year's nucleus.
0: For sure, man. And, and the injection of uh, either seasoned veterans that had come into uh, the program this season um, and and a lot of freshmen uh, energy too, which are going to yeah. be an integral part to how this team is able to perform on any given night. But starting off, Noah Fernandez uh, spent some time at UMass, uh, and he's going to be obviously he's going to have to carry a heavy burden as a as a as a leader in the locker room. Austin Williams, Jeremiah Williams, transferring in uh, respectively, and uh, Austin playing some really big minutes early on in the career, and then you know you get to some of the fe- the, the the younger players and the freshman infusion in and Jamichael Davis and. Gavin Griffiths, man, he's been exciting. Um, you know, nonetheless, already are. this season.
1: Yo, they both are, man. And it's uh, again that 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 fresh energy, that that hunger, the, the thing that I love the most about those two. Um, you have no idea if because they both had some good games, they had some bad games too. You know, to, to start off the season, which is expected for freshmen. You have no idea though by looking at their body language, like. Mm-hmm. Michael Davis, you I, like you, watching him play defense. You have no clue that he's one for ten or, or five for ten or whatever his numbers are um, throughout the game. Gavin, same thing. When he misses a shot, there is zero thought about taking the next one. And I think that's like the most impressive thing to me as a fellow athlete because I didn't, I, ne- I never mastered that. Like that was something that I, I like. I kind of figured out my fifth year. You know, my fifth. I'm talking about my fifth year. These guys are freshmen. You know, I kind of figured it out my fifth year, but never like truly had a grasp on just like next shot mentality or, you know, I'm not going to let my shooting impact my game at all. Like these guys have it down pat. Like it's not something that you have to mention to them, which I think is really, really impressive for a young guy. I think that's that's one of the toughest things to overcome as an athlete.
0: For sure. Um, Couldn't agree more. Are you given? Any feedback? Uh, have you had a chance to interact with any of the guys and bestow any knowledge? I know that you were in your your coaching oh, yeah. bag doing a phenomenal <laughs> job with that.
1: You know, I I, I try I, I try not to to you know say too much in terms of like a coaching standpoint, just because you know they they obviously have their coaches they 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 have their mm-hmm. their little bubble, which is Rutgers basketball, and a big thing that Coach Michael always talked about with our teams was. You know, don't let the outside noise affect what we have going on. And, and it's the truth. It's the reality. At the end of the day, Coach Peichel and, and his staff see these guys every single day, and they're the For ones sure. who really know what's going on. So I try to stay away from that. But in terms of just, like, little things, I mean, me and Gavin were playing one-on-one in the summer, you know, little things like that. And, you know, just seeing their competitive nature, their spirit. And, you know, whenever they do ask me a question about, you know, the, you know, how to impact winning in other ways other than just scoring and, and certain little things like that. You know, I do always try to, um, you know, give my best answer. But then I always say at the end, you know, ask TJ Thompson or ask Coach Michael, because that, <laughs> at the end of the day, that's who's going to be your coach, too. So um, but it's been great getting to interact with those guys and get a chance to meet them. And, I, and I'm sure you've had some interactions, too. I know you guys haven't had a road game yet, mm-hmm. uh, you know, where, where I know that's that's usually the, the time where you get a chance to actually sit down and talk with some of those guys for for team meal.
0: One day you're a player in the program and going to tutor in and going to class, and the next day you're the noise. You're in the media, man, man, and you're doing podcasts like this. Um, It's wild, but I definitely respect (laughs) any coach that's able to keep the focus, keep the, as Jalen Hurts says, the main thing, the main thing, which is winning basketball games. Um, And you got to be completely locked in because if you ride the wave of media attention and people saying you're the greatest thing and people saying you're the worst thing, and it's just too turbulent. The ebbs and flows of a college basketball season—you got to remain even keel. Yeah, um, so, just to rehash where we are in the season, man. Are you up until this point? Um, they just competed against Georgetown <laughs> last night, but yep. three and one, all in all. Started off with probably um, one of the more competitive games against Princeton. And they got a squad, man, coming off of a Sweet 16 appearance uh, where, you know, they competed and beat some really big teams, uh, uh, Missouri, University of Missouri uh, and Arizona, and they carried that momentum into this year. Uh, they got some guys in Matalaco and Caden Pierce who came out ready in that game. And RU is still filling themselves out and figuring out what their offensive Definitely. approach is going to be as well. Um and, you know, first game, neutral site, uh, you know, it's OK, it's I think, honestly, to be able to take those type of losses early on in the season.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's that. Listen, that's that's a tough game to schedule for for game one. Again, talking about the the young guys, the transfers, you know, Coach Pico usually has that first game at, at Jersey Mike's Arena. He usually has it at home. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, where, where, you know, you're just a little bit more comfortable, you know, you're just a little bit more comfortable. So that was a, that was a tough first game for them. Princeton's a very good basketball team, um, you know, and, and like you said, Rutgers was still figuring it out, still trying to figure out the rotation, still trying to figure out, you know, how, how guys play with each other, you know, and still learning the chemistry. And, and that's something that no matter how many times you practice, no matter how many times, you, you know, even a scrimmage is never the same as an actual game uh you know it just it just feels different so i think that that's something that they're still figuring out and it was like you said it was a good it was a good experience for them you know they, they got a good film out of it and they learned from it and and i think that fast forwarding all the way to this georgetown game um i mean they just look they look so much better the, i think mm-hmm. the biggest thing for me was the guard play like the guards look more aggressive and that's what's going to start opening up everything for for everyone else <laughs>
0: Yeah, uh, Georgetown has definitely been incremental uh, progress, which you want to see. Yeah. Uh, just getting yeah. better, 1% better, 1% better each and every day. In between there, you had some big-time performances. Uh, RU was able to come out and get back in the winning column um, against Boston University in, in game number two. The the Gavin Griffiths arrival at Jersey Mike's Arena, home opening night, a 25-piece. Kid was mixing it up.
1: <laughs> Man, he was put on a show. <laughs> was put on a show bro i mean it, it it looked it looked effortless honestly like it, and when i was watching from the stands too the, i remember the scoreboard actually wasn't working so we had no idea what he had it felt like he had mm-hmm. like 16 or, or 18 and then we see at the end he had 25 and it was like dang like he didn't it didn't seem like he was overshooting it didn't seem like you know it was an efficient 25 a quiet efficient 25 um and and you know he just he did it with ease it was all simple Simple plays and, and um, you know obviously super impressive and and uh, that's the type of talent that he has though like I you know I I'm, I'm, I wasn't surprised at all I, I like I said I was playing against him one on one all summer I've seen him practice um, I've seen him in the gym you know I see him in the gym late nights which is you know is it's hard for a freshman your your first year on campus you're you're tired from these practices you're tired from lifting you're tired from school. Uh, you know all all the obligations that you have as a student athlete, and he's still you know finding the the, the time and the determination to still get in the gym late night and get mm-hmm. extra shots up and he's doing this the day before the games he's doing this you know right after practice uh that that's that's not easy for a freshman, but so he he understands everything he needs to do to to perform at a high level yeah
0: learning to be a division one basketball player is no easy feat, especially coming from uh a much uh a much more shelter enviro- environment for any high school basketball yeah. player, you're out when you're lonesome and you got to figure it out in yeah. a quick and in a hurry. And I like the response, man. In addition to him being yeah. very efficient, he scored at multiple levels. He got out in transition. He showed the tray ball. He has breakdown ability. He uses that height differential better uh, than many players I've seen that have been in college basketball for multiple years um, at six foot nine, man. So thinking about, you know, what's on the horizon in the future and some of these players that are coming in in future classes, the, the the you know the, the future is very very bright. Um, one other thing that really stuck out to me is Andre Hyatt has just been steady Eddie, um, that seasoned sure. veteran pre- presence, and he just gets better each and every game, knowing where he can add value.
1: Yeah, man. I mean, again, like going back to the the, the mix, the mix of these guys. I mean, he's the perfect veteran that you want on the team. He's been, he's been through it. He's been through battles. He's been to the tournament. Um, you know he understands the system he he knows exactly what it takes to to get to a certain point you know to reach their goals and uh and he's a vet now you know what i mean like he's he's not he's there's, there's nothing that he hasn't seen there's nothing he hasn't mm-hmm. seen yet in in college basketball so all of that gives gives you a lot more confidence you know the more years you play in college basketball the more confident you are because you've, you've, you've seen everything yep. uh so he's been he's been super efficient and, and um you know, just talking to him too. His his energy is it seems different this year. Uh, he, he's just has a very confident approach about him.
0: Yeah, for sure. Game number three, Bryant uh, was on the on the on the bill. Uh, RU takes them down sixty six to fifty seven, led by Andre Hyde, who we were just talking about, nineteen points um, on five made field goals. Cliff Amore, who's been you know uh, quiet offensively, but he's done his thing, yeah. being a good presence on the defensive side made really big winning plays, securing crucial rebounding. Derek Simpson has also added a new dimension to his game, playmaking, um, you know, taking on defensive responsibilities. And, you know, all these different changes in the individual lineup, uh, too, with Antoine Wolfolk being injected after Princeton for his physicality and his ability to be able to rebound at a high clip as well. He's got a lot of pieces and the crazy thing about it, and I wanted to get your take on this, no Mawad Mag yet. So what is the ceiling for oh, this man, group, yeah. you know, once he actually is, is, is injected Ooh. back into the lineup?
1: Ooh, man, I mean, ceiling, that's, that's a tough question. I like, I like to, get to get to December 1st before I want to say ceiling. I definitely want to see them play a, a Big 10 basketball game. Um, I think for me, the, 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 the thing that is really gonna make or break this team, uh, or the, the X factor, or you will, I think is, is uh, the guard play. Mm They used to guard play Um, the games where they struggled. The guard and and, and listen, they're they're talented. Like Derek, talented. Noah, talented. J. Mike, extremely talented. Um, When they're not aggressive, when they are too selfless in a way, where you know maybe they're just trying to to swing the basketball, or, or they're only looking at Cliff on the post. Um, I think it hurts the team in a way. Like Derek, like, Derek should be putting pressure on his defender at all times. Noah can put pressure on his defender at all times. And when they do that, it actually opens up everything else up. Like how we mentioned Cliff right now has been kind of quiet offensively. Um, you know, the, the guards need to create. You know, mm-hmm. they, they need to put Cliff in some pick and roll and, and get easy lobs. Or, funny you funny know, that little, you say that. Little dump-offs. Funny that yeah, you yeah, say that. Because I
0: said that to Jerry yesterday was the biggest differential yeah, this man. season is there aren't – there's like six to eight points – in his clip that he's he was getting the last two years out of the yeah. creation of a Paul, um, the yeah. creation of Kayla McConnell that is just absent in this season. And everything has just been yep. so difficult. He's he's exerting so much yeah. energy with his back to the basket trying to get buckets. And he's the yeah. main focal point on opposing team scouting reports.
1: Exactly. exactly. Yeah. And and and, and it, Derek, too. You know, Derek, Derek had a solid year last year, and, and he has some buzz to his name now. And it's – it's different. It's different when you come in, you're, you're, you're higher on that scouting report and Cliff obviously he was already at the top of that scouting report, but um, you know, now he's getting, he's getting he's seeing double teams. You're trying to run it through him to the post. You know, he has to pass out of there pretty quickly uh, because everyone is, like you said, he's a focal point. Everyone, everyone is very focused on him. So it's just an adjustment period. You know, I'm not, I'm not worried at all about, about Derek or, or Noah's play or, or J Mike's play. I think that again, they're all extremely talented guards. Um, you know, but how are you doing it consistently and, and, and being aggressive without being selfish? Like being aggressive doesn't make you a selfish basketball player. If you're aggressive, it'll open up stuff for, you know, for Gavin. Gavin will get an open shot. Andre will get an open shot. Cliff will get that dump off. And then now the defense has to adjust. And that's when you get your layups and, and you know, easy buckets. So I, th- I think that's going to be the X factor for me is, is just the guard play.
0: Love that. Yeah, that's a really good segue in regards to you know what is under the radar for RU. You talked about what the X factor is from, from your perspective. It's I think those guards and the maturation throughout the season of the freshmen, um, I think, is going to be my X factor because uh, they've led the way uh, from an offensive standpoint, yeah. at least leading back to the last contest where both Gavin and J. Mike combined for almost 20 points against you know the Georgetown brand. As you get into the second part of the season, um, you're no longer a freshman. Um, you're already going into being seasoned enough to be considered a sophomore. And a lot of the things that phased you on early in, a career, in, your, in your playing days in your first season, um, you don't even blink at anymore. So I think the X factor is going to be Gavin Griffith's influence offensively on this team because I think he showcased that even at his very young age, he's the most talented offensive player on this team overall uh, in, in ability for sure. And, in in, a, in, a, in his, his, um, you know, ability to mix it up in different ways. If he can get that more consistent going into big 10 play, then again, you talk about the possibilities of having some of the other players come back. You can be looking at a completely different team and expectations heading into big 10 play.
1: For sure. No, def- definitely agree. I mean, he, he's, if he can be consistent the way he looked against BU, um, again, just how it opens up stuff for other guys too. Now you have to focus so much on Gavin. Cliff Cliff's life gets a whole lot easier. Derek's life gets a whole lot easier. Andre's life gets a whole lot easier, you know, and now and now that focus is shifted towards Gavin and then how can he handle that too, right? The, like you were saying the, the him being mature enough to be able to handle that that new pressure and him being mature enough to be able to handle him being at the top of the scouting report. Um, and that's where it's gonna get difficult for a freshman. That's where it gets tough, especially come Big Ten play. Big Ten's the best scouted league in the country, like by far, they are gonna know. I mean, yeah, when, when I would play, they they would call out immediately, if it's in my left hand, step back, right hand, he's driving, you know, they, they would say it all. And, and they would scream it right in your face. And then you'd still have to do what they're yelling. And how can you still adjust and still be able to make that move and pull it off and they know every single play that you're running. I mean, it's it's just how it goes. So how, how can he be mature enough to be able to handle all that is hundred percent gonna be an X factor for the team this year.
0: How about a breakout or a surprise candidate on Rutgers? Um, that might be flying under the radar for the common fan that you think still has the potential to surprise some folks this year?
1: Oh man, I mean I think I think J Mike already has. I think he already I think he already has. He surprised me, honestly. I didn't I didn't know too much about him, uh, when he when he when he first was coming in. Um and that's probably just on me. I didn't do enough research. But, you know, immediately when I saw them practice, I mean you could you 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 could tell he was gonna play. I, I don't I don't think I expected that, uh, before the season. I, I didn't I I again I just didn't I didn't know him and I knew Noah, I knew Derek, I knew both of them were extremely talented. Uh but this kid is, is a competitive like competitor pure winner i mean if you saw the the st john's exhibition game you know the the, the clock's winding down they they had already lost yeah he balling number one and then they had already lost and he's still trying to play defense which mm-hmm. led to that little you know we won't even call it a scuffle whatever that was you know was, you know he, he was still playing to the final buzzer and that's the type of mindset that you're gonna need to win games like that's that's super super important i think he surprised me, surprised fans already, but he could take it to another level too. I mean, he he, he hasn't even shot it that great yet. He's, he can shoot, you know, he can shoot, he can make plays, he defends, and his energy is is big time.
0: Yeah, I think that um, what will be a surprise for a lot of folks considering this roster and, and the and the personnel. I'm still interested to see the progression of this twin tower look of Antoine Wolfolk and Cliff Amori. I don't know if you had a chance to see that first game against Princeton live or on TV, but oh. they had a couple of plays where they they, they had great synergy, uh, throwing lobs yeah. to one another, high-low looks. They're so athletic and, and, and yeah. physically gifted that I think that we're only seeing them scratch the surface of being able uh, to not only be dominant forces physically um, but showcase a different skill set um, offensively to take this overall group scoring capabilities to – another level so um high hopes as a former big that they'll be able to write that um you know what's going on in the pain it's a little congested at the moment because they're still fill it, uh, figuring things out
1: exactly yeah
0: and and, yeah. and they're gonna get cliff going so um i'm gonna I'm a reside on, on both those dudes and see how they progress over the next couple of games how about a prediction yeah. for the season um and you know, looking at the overall big 10 conference um You know, make a prediction for the season. Blank can compete in the Big Ten Conference. Rutgers can compete in the Big Ten Conference and be at the, you know, in the top five if this happens. Talk to me. Man. Because coming into this season, just to rehash, RU was picked, what was it, 10th in the preseason polls? I think think
1: they may. was it 10th? Was it 10th? It may have been lower. Was it 10th?
0: uh, It might have even been lower. Yeah, I might be tripping.
1: it is definitely is either 10 or 12. It's one of those. 10 or 12. Sure. In
0: that range. In the in yeah. the bottom half yeah. or in the bottom portion.
1: In the bottom half for sure. I think I think they're a top half Big, Big 10 team um how high that is. I mean, it's always so messy. The top half of the Big 10 is always so messy. I think they're a top half Big 10 team if the guards stay aggressive. If the guards stay aggressive, I think that's the biggest thing for me and and um, you know, just I love Cliff to death, but how he's going to get his buckets is going to be from these guards penetration, how how they're being aggressive, how they're creating. It's going to open up the floor for him. And that's where you really start to see him thrive and, you know, him do what he does. Um, You know, so I think they're a top half Big Ten team as long as the guards stay aggressive. I I would I would love to, to hear your take on this, too, actually.
0: Yeah, I would say that they're a top half and even better than that, um, you know, the upper echelon of the top half, if they take care of the rock, man, because like so many turnovers in the first couple of games, self-inflicted wounds are not going to fly when you have better competition coming in um, as That's a, a as an point. opposing team. Um, I think it's a very hard team to prepare for from a scout to your point about how the Big Ten is the best scouting league in the entire country. How do you prepare for a group that has, you know, four or five guys hitting double figures on any given night and still finding ways to win without the best player reaching his full potential offensively at the moment? Um, so, if,
1: and, and with their best defender out. Right. Right.
0: right. So we'll see. And, <laughs> and if you can limit the self-inflicted wounds and you have guys that are only becoming more and more confident on any given night, um, don't beat yourself. And then at yep. any point, you could have people that go above and beyond offensively to put you in positions to win. So Rutgers can finish in the upper echelon of the top half if they take care of the Rock. And I think that that's something that they'll be able to, to, to correct and fix going forward.
1: No, it's a, it's a, that's an absolute great point. And that's the difference, too. I mean, we're talking about how it gets messy in that in that top half of the Big Ten. I mean... You get two turnovers. That's two buckets. You know, and some of these games are decided by two, three points, four points, and you know, you, and we've we, me and you. I'm sure we both had those film sessions where you look back and coaches like, "Look, this turns it over in the first half at this point, or you know, you, you missed the, a, a little bunny layup here at this point, or you missed the def- defensive assignment." And it's like all those little things add up to the loss column instead of the win column, and that's the difference between you know being fourth or fifth in the Big Ten and being tenth. Like it's it's that it's that tiny of a window
0: splitting hairs. It's so it's so nuanced and, and so difficult. How you know very small plays and winning plays ultimately you know dictate overall outcomes in individual contests. And then the, the bigger picture of seeding when it comes to conference play uh, and comparing different teams. Let me ask you this: We've already seen two to three different uh, lineups uh, and a lot of subbing guys that are getting in and playing a bunch of different minutes for this team. If we're at three starting lineups right thus far for Steve Peichel and, and the Rutgers Scarlet Knights, at the end of the season, looking back, how many different starting lineups do you think that we'll have throughout this year?
1: Give uh, me Also got
0: to consider Mawak coming back. You got to consider yeah. Emmanuel's influence, yeah, yeah. guys stepping their game up to different levels, guys not getting as many minutes as they once were once conf- conference play you know, rolls around.
1: I think we see a lot, man. I think we see a lot. It's It seems like one of those seasons uh, where they it's going to take a little bit to figure it all out. Um, I mean, Gavin is 100% going to be in the starting lineup again at some point. I have no doubt about that. Um, man, we could see like – I want to say like 10, maybe. Yeah, I would say – I'd say 10 is probably the number um, – just because most of these guys have already kind of been already been involved. I mean, man, they got and they're starting Wolf right now too, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. i was. I'll stick with ten. We're at we're at three right now.
0: Yeah. I, three? I, hypothetically speaking. I'm not sure if that's a concrete figure, but I, I think, know that I think, there's been a bunch of changes because Austin was hurt like yesterday. Austin Williams yeah, was hurt I too. At, I
1: think I think it is three. I think I think we're at three.
0: All right. Ten. Wait, let's say, let's say 10 that's 10. Say. ten. Let's say ten. I was going to say 10 to 12. So I think that's a safe bet. Yeah. Um, looking ahead at this 12. at this schedule um, and some of the road wins, I think that's when the magic happens at the college basketball level, when, when teams can go in and gut it out and get crazy finishes in hostile environments. No trips out to West Lafayette this season to compete against Purdue, which is a bummer. But you got some other stuff on the horizon. Um
1: any it's game, a bummer, but but you don't you don't want to play Purdue at the same time. <laughs> you do if you get getting dubs <laughs> at the want, buzzer
0: like last you know, season, <laughs> <laughs> which was sick. That's a good point, though. That's the toughest place I think I've ever had to call <laughs> a, a game. Tough,
1: that's a tough place to play, man. I mean, we've had we've had our our good our good run with Purdue, but it is a tough place to play. That's that's a hard hard place to play man. for
0: sure. Any road games, and I'm gonna run through a list of. Some of the Big Ten specific road games that RU has this season, Columbus, Ohio for Ohio State, Iowa Mm -hmm. City for Iowa, East Lansing for Michigan State, which is a gauntlet, Uh, Champaign for Illinois, Ann Arbor for Michigan matchup, College Park for Maryland, Um, go out to many. Oh, actually, you do go out to Purdue. I'm tripping that's February 22nd they do go to Purdue. Okay. I'm tripping on that so you can cut that you can cut that segment because I, I don't know what I was looking at initially um <laughs> which of those games uh, you also have Nebraska um, and then Wisconsin as well towards the latter portion of the season where do you think and, and this is no basketball x's and O's you know included right. you know right. where are you could potentially spark up and you know go out and get a crazy double what would you like to see considering your playing days and the significance of getting road wins in some of these tough environments.
1: Where would I want to see them win at? Yeah, Michigan State, hundred percent. Because I never got a chance to win there, bro. Like, and we came close twice. We came close twice. My freshman year and my sophomore year, we were, we were right there, and just couldn't couldn't get it. Couldn't get it. Cassius Winston, man. He <laughs> he was too good. Yeah. Um. You know, it's and tough I, place that's to a, play. a fun man. place to play. Yeah, It's a real exactly. tough like place to play. I always said that like I think Purdue and obviously Jersey Mike's Indiana I think those 3 are probably the loudest. Michigan State is the most organized. Mm-hmm. Like they they will count the clock down wrong on you like they get someone every year. I think they got wrong with it his freshman year. He was tight. He was he was tight <laughs> cuz we told him before the game like look they're going to count it down cuz they'll be like there'll be like 12 seconds left and they'll start counting down three, two, one, and, and they'll get you. And they get a freshman every year. They always get a freshman. So I already know Coach Pike is going to tell Gavin, he's going to tell J Mike, listen, this is what they're going to do. But they're so organized with it that like you really believe like, oh, shoot, I only got three seconds. And you just throw up a prayer and, and it's an air ball. And, and uh, so their their organization is, is, is cool. The, the arena is great. And obviously they're always a really good program. So to be able to go on the road and, and beat tom izzo and beat michigan state like that that's something that i always wanted to do and i didn't get a chance to do so uh I, hopefully they can they can pull that one out and and that's like another another piece of history that that uh i didn't get a chance to accomplish which which, which team though are, are you looking at that you want to see a win
0: respect on that um, by the way because that's definitely some mental sure, warfare yeah, that right. takes uh basketball to a whole nother yeah. level i would say illinois man because i didn't play there yeah, but yeah. every time that we go there it's just been a battle, and I just think the way that their student section is positioned, right there yeah. behind the bench, right up close and personal in the action, um, yeah. and they're always slated so early in the season for Rutgers, uh, at least at home yeah. this year. But going out to yeah. uh, Champaign is, a, is another beast in nature. Um, so that's a
1: good one. That's we'll good see. One. We'll never see. won there either. <laughs>
0: we'll see. Got quick, uh, quick transition here. I wanted to get your take, and I'll give mine. Best player in. Big Ten, and then who's the best player nationally in all of college basketball? Starting off with the Big Ten, who you got?
1: I mean, I think my answer is the same for both, honestly. Um, I got to go with Zach Edie. Um I mean, he's he's Zach Eady. I mean, everyone, everyone knows who he is at this point. I know Purdue obviously struggled at the end of the year last year. Um, and they got they got enough hate for that, and it, you know it, it happened, and it's over with. And I'm glad it was a Jersey team who beat them. But um, yeah, man, you got to go with Zach Eady. I think he's just so dominant, um, and he just he looks better. He looks even better than he did last year. I mean, he, he looks like he, his his body looks better. He's moving better. Um, he's been through all the battles. You know, whatever whatever he couldn't do last year, which was pretty much nothing he's figured it out in my opinion uh he makes free throws he's just a tough cover he's, he's really hard to guard uh super dominant player and and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing him the one i guess the one knock maybe is putting him in, in pick and roll action that's the that's the one thing that we always did to him. make Not him slide gotta, those feet got it yeah make him slide those feet those that's, that's hard for him to slide uh so that's the, maybe that's the one little one little weakness that he has going on right now but but I mean, he's he's the best player in my eyes in the Big Ten and, and in the country.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, well, I have to agree in the Big Ten. It would be foolish not to give it to the reigning player of the year in the conference and nationally from that mm-hmm. standpoint. But I'll differ in regards to the national player of the year. Landscape, um, dare to be different, if you will. It's crazy that top four of the top five players are all bigs this season, so that's yep. exciting. Um you got Armando Baco coming back uh, for UNC, um, but I'm gonna go with a, a, a fellow former or, or a former Big Ten guy that's I think in the perfect system to be able to accentuate, you know, his I different skill set and and Hunter Dickinson at Kansas. Hunter Dickinson. He's already yeah. been balling, man. Everybody knows um, Coach Bill Self's yeah. uh, long track record of being able to develop bigs and have and get the most out of them. Um, so I think yeah. that. On that national stage and that program that's has big expectations tagged to them uh, this season, um, that you'll see the very best out of him. Um, size and stature in regards to the measurables that he brings to the court. There's not really much uh, in the with his back to the basket and his playmaking ability that I think he does that doesn't impact the game in, in a winning way. So I'll go with Hunter Dickinson and maybe Kyle Filipowski right afterwards.
1: Okay, yeah, yeah, that's a good one, too. Yeah, no, nah, Hunter was definitely the other guy in my mind. I mean, I saw the game the other day, 27 and 21. Tough. Like, like it's just a grown man, bro. <laughs> that's, a, that's a grown man playing with some kids. Like, like that's crazy. Popping, popping, yeah, popping, poppin
0: talk crazy, popping shit crazy yeah. as well, too, man. Yeah, and that's what he
1: does. Like, that's that's his personality. <laughs> I love that shit, too. I, I mean, he, he did that against us, too, and... That's always fun. That's what makes the game fun. So, uh, you know, I I like that for sure. And yeah, man, he can hoop. So, uh, yeah, I hear I hear that. I hear that.
0: All right, man. Well, good stuff. Uh, really good catching up, man. Exciting times with uh, you know everything from a, a sports standpoint at you know a consumer's disposal from college basketball to NFL. It's the best time of the year, in my time, in my opinion. Excited to see how RU progresses throughout the year and keeping tabs yeah. on the Big Ten in the national college basketball scene. Um, So next episode, we'll be able to, you know, dive in a little bit more, but appreciate you tuning in to episode one of the uh, Are You Listening podcast here, season two, brought to you by Beyond the Big Ten. And Gio, I'll catch you next episode, my guy.
1: Yes, sir. I'll see you soon, brother.